We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Let's jump back into some golf. we got some big tournaments, betting-wise, on DraftKings this week. The Scottsdale AZ, I think that means for Arizona, open. Not only is this an Outlaw Tour event, which, if you retweet this show or share it on social media, you will get into a draw for an Outlaw Tour hoodie. Shout out to the Outlaw Tour for making that happen. Or you can just listen to my picks, fade them, and then win a bunch of money on DraftKings or the betting market. But there's, like, legit names in the field this week. So, smash the like to the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and tell me who you think is actually going to win the Scottsdale AZ Open. And if you want to get into a draw for 100 DK bucks, sub to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you enjoy about this show. Joining me to break this all down, the guy who has his pulse on... The Outlaw Tour from the score. It's Eric Patterson. EP, how much do you love the Outlaw Tour? I'm enjoying it for this time off. Uh, no complaints there. But to say I have my pulse on it uh, might be a bit of a stretch. But I have been following it for, you know, since since the PGA Tour shut down. So I do know I do recognize a lot of the names and I've uh, been tracking the winners as of late. So, yeah, it's uh it's keeping me sane through these uh, weird, weird times. Well, have we had a long shot winner yet on the Outlaw Tours that usually come from like one of the top 15-ish guys? Yeah, I think someone pointed this out last week. I don't think there's been a winner since we've been tracking a winner over 18 to 1. So typically the cream does ride, rise to the top, but um, 
the previous events, they haven't really had this much talent, um, quote unquote talent in the field. So all these new guys at the top have kind of, you know, increased the odds on guys that were typically the favorites a few weeks ago. Well, have we had anyone yet who is a name that we recognize has come onto the Outlaw Tour and actually won? Because it seems to take some of these, like, quote-unquote favorites, the PGA guys that we're used to, like a tournament to get the ball rolling downhill a little bit. Yeah, Callum Hill. Um, Callum Hill played twice. The first event he came out, and I think it was like 20th, and then he won the next week. So he's the one name... He's a European tour player. He's the one name who has kind of broken through here. Then Cheka did it uh, a few weeks ago as well. So it does take them a bit to get going. But once they figure it out, it uh, yeah, they, they find the winner's circle pretty quickly. So let's jump right into it then in terms of the pricing and the overall betting odds on DraftKings. Joel Damon, you might know him. He has a bucket hat. He is number one in pricing. He's $11,000. And in the betting market, he's dropped from four and a half to one to five to one. So, you know. You're getting deeper odds on Joel Damon right now, but he's you know far and away the favorite in this field by the betting odds. But in DraftKings, it's Damon, Streelman, and Alex Chekia are 11, 10, 6, 10, 4. Then you have Matt Pisciano is an even 10K. He was the guy who won last week, right? Yeah, he won last week for sure. Yeah. So does that mean like Czech has already won? Damon and Streelman we're seeing for the first time. These are guys that we know from real PGA events, guys that we bet on in real PGA events. And, you know, they come in as Streelman opened up a little bit higher, but he's now down to 12 to one. Pisciano is 12 to one. Uh, Czechia is 11 to one where I'm seeing him right now. I think I would probably be good with fading all these guys. Wouldn't you? Yeah. If we're talking, you know, showdown on DK, uh, fading the top can be beneficial you've seen you know you're the you're the first round leader guru you always kind of fade the chalk any of these guys can shoot 65 64 and uh yeah the top of the the favorites don't necessarily do that all the time but if we are looking from a bettings perspective um i would try to find value at the top i'm not sure i'm willing to go to the top four guys but there are some names that are intriguing a bit further down that we'll get to um, Damon just shot 58 yesterday, so people are aware of this. Uh, he even just came out and said that he might have peaked a little too early. I think, you know, everyone talks about it's hard to follow up such a good round. We'll see. Uh, give him three rounds, he'll probably find his way into the mix. But uh, yeah, that 58 is impressive. So he's at least playing well. That's good to know. Well, and the reason that Joel Damon is playing this event, I know if they were trying to get him out in order to get into the field right when the outlaw tour first started, but he won this event in 2017 before going on to become a member on the PGA tour. So at least he has some familiarity with this course. Yeah, he's won. Yeah, he won it. There's a few others. I think Nate Lashley played it in 2016. Um, Callum Hill played it in 2018. So these top guys, some of them have played the course. If you're an Arizona guy, they've probably played Talking Stick uh, a bunch of times. So, um, course history is, you know, probably something. Even if it's not there, they're probably pretty familiar with the course. Well, the rest of the 9K level on DraftKings right now. So after Pisciano, you got my guy Dylan. Woo! 9,800 bucks. Callum Hill, who you said has played this event before, has already won on the Outlaw Tour. He's 9,600. Uh, C. Roberts uh, is 95. Is that Carson Roberts? Is that his name? 
I yeah, can, that's correct. Yeah, Carson Roberts. He won like a month and a half ago. My guy, Brandon Harkins. I haven't heard of Brandon Harkins in like two years uh, as a, a favorite of mine as a first-round leader guy. So former PGA dude. He's 9400 bucks. Nasty Nate Lashley, who won on the PGA Tour last year, 9300 bucks. And then you get uh, like three in a row of favorites of the Outlaw Tour. You got Jeremy Paul at 92. You got KK Lumsholst, or however Rick told me you pronounce his name. He's an even 9000 And then Aguiano is... 8900 bucks. Then you got this guy, T. Montgomery. He's down there. He's played this event the last two years and has come third and has come seventh. Well, someone named Brady Chulkins actually won this event last year, uh, and he's even way down on this list in terms of he is in 7800 bucks. So who do we like from here? Because I, I, I just in full disclosure, I put a bet in on Lashley at 33 to 1. He's already been bet down. I bet J.J. Spawn again. He's 40 to 1 only because I know who these guys are. That might not be the best way to go about this. I feel like that idiot who comes and be like, well, Tiger's 25 to 1, like when he couldn't walk. Like, how could he lose? And then, you know, someone that we know wins, and they're like, I've never heard of that guy. That's how I feel right now about the Outlaw Tour. So I'm betting those two guys, but I might take a shot on Dylan Wu. Hot fire Dylan. It seems like he's been ramping up for a win here. Yeah, there's... A lot of intriguing names here. There's a lot of interesting prices compared to their betting odds. You brought up Carson Roberts. Um, he's 80 to one this week, but for some reason he's 9,500. Um, and then last week he was 25 to one, but he was 7,000. So the algorithms can't figure out how to price him. So I would anticipate almost no ownership on him. Um, your guy, Dylan Wu, I say almost said Dylan there. Uh, something he just doesn't, he hasn't really impressed me Um in terms of his results so far, uh, he's one of the top guys on the Corn Ferry Tour. I would have expected him to at least have, you know, something in like the final group, but he's just kind of hanging around in the top 10, top five area, which is nice. But again, with all these new new guys coming in, he uh, he's going to have his work cut out for him. Um, Harkins actually played with Damon yesterday. He shot 70, so... <laughs> It's nice to know that he's playing, but he lost. He still lost by 12 shots, and he lost to uh, Cubs second baseman Ian Happ. So that's not a great sign either. Um, but yeah, I love your Lashley call. He's down to 18 to one. I see. Um, for some reason, he's just not really being respected as Damon or Cheka, which I could argue that Lashley's better than those guys on the PGA Tour. So to see his price down at uh, 25, 25 to one, and in the, the low 9,000s, I think that's a decent guy to. Uh, target so do we do do we think like callum hill is someone that we should go back to as well yeah that's so he won and then he i think he missed the cut last week or two weeks ago i can't remember but uh he's he's definitely not uh a pga tour name that we'll recognize but he is definitely the same caliber as some of these guys and people are probably kind of over him and they'd rather you know pivot to the the new pga tour names that they're seeing so i think callum hill is someone to fly under the radar yeah so i mean no streelman for me i'm not touching those odds i saw nate lashley even at 18 to 1 i'm still seeing him at 20 to 1 in some spots i'm still good with 20 to 1 to tell you the truth yeah that's still very nice but yeah you're spawn at 40 i don't i'm I'm sure people are betting him but he hasn't moved and he was kind of an interesting test case last week or two weeks ago when he came on he was you know 30 40 percent he was one of the favorites but people still weren't really sold on him and he i think he came like third to last of the guys who made the cut. So it just maybe goes to show the talent that is out there and that these guys necessarily, they're not just going to show up and dominate right away. No, but he, I, I am encouraged that he, A, made that cut, and B, 
he got his first tournament out of the way. And you're, he's hanging 40 to 1. He's currently $8,400 on DraftKings. Like, I know that he hasn't been good on the PGA Tour this year, but in my mind, I've played JJ Spawn at a more expensive price than this in a PGA event. It's yeah. When you when you break it down that way, it makes way too much sense to play him. Um, and I'm sure you won't be alone there. Um, when he was, you know, in the ten thousand dollar range, it was easier to fade. But at eighty four hundred, um, it's definitely more enticing there. There are yeah, like you said, Calkins. There's a bunch of Corn Fairy Tour guys here that are intriguing to say the least so the guy right next to spawn at 8300 bucks is nick mason who's just getting a lot of online buzz this week he opened at like 65 but now he's being hung at what's what's mason down to 45 i think he's down to 30 in some spots like i don't know who this is who is this guy yeah he's like a old i think he's pushing 40 he's like a mini tour grinder um apparently he's like lights out putting uh i've you know, if you flip through the Outlaw Tour Instagram, there's nothing but Nick Mason highlights of him making putts. So he can get the flat stick going. I just, in a field like this, it's, um, you know, he, his, his talent level doesn't quite compare uh, to, the, to the guys around him, like Spawn or Montgomery or Brent Grant. It just, there's guys that are a lot better than Nick Mason, even though he is good. It just, yeah influx of talent is changing things so what do we make of the guys that have been playing on the outlaw tour now for the past six weeks or so like the gun brother jimmy gun uh the paul brothers kk like all of these guys colton yates is another one who just comes inside the top 10 every single week should we go back to these guys because they've been out there grinding or is the talent gap going to be too much do you think because like colton yates is 66 to 1 like i don't hate that maybe it's a top five play maybe it's a top 10 play but even just scrolling down to like what his DraftKings price is right now like yates is 7900 like i'm going to be using yates in my lineup yeah yates yates went full keegan last week uh maybe an under talked about storyline but he was i think he shot eight under round one and then five over the next day so he can he's uh hit or miss but he's definitely capable of making a ton of birdies um but i i do i would go to guys who have been playing um you know jeremy paul and yannick paul they're twins but and the last couple of weeks they're actually priced very similar but now there's almost like two thousand dollar difference between the two or at just a thousand but um he's like 40 to one when his brother's 20 to one. So there is some separation now, but definitely a guy you can go back to. So if we go to the top of the DraftKings board and just look at who we're going to take here, I'm good with full fading the top four guys in showdown. Um, like you mentioned, just for one round, anything can kind of happen. And with Streelman and with Damon, if it's their first competitive round in a very long time, maybe they go out and storm it. Cause they're so much better than everyone else. It's entirely possible, but for their price tags, what you have to come up with on the, like normally in the first round leader, I'm good with taking a guy who's 6,300 bucks, 6,500 bucks. Cause I can pinpoint what they do. Well, does that match up with what this course actually offers? Are they high end birdie makers? The issue with the outlaw tour is I don't know who any of these guys are. So I can throw a dart at 6,500 bucks. Cause when you look at the top five of the first round, there's probably going to be two guys from sub $7,000 who are down there. I just don't know who they're going to be. Do you have a feel for any of these guys? Yeah, this is uh you can construct like a pretty nice balanced lineup and 2 weeks ago it would they would have all been 5k like five figure guys. So if you do want to pivot from the top 5 guys, you can start with Callum Hill, get Limbasu, you can get Anguiano, like these you can build like a really really strong outlaw tour lineup um and in theory you could have a bunch of guys who both all shoot 6 7 under. Um I would 
you know, the winning score this from this tournament is around 10 under. There's not, there's only two par fives, so there probably won't be a lot of Eagles, but um, you know, you, you just, you got to avoid dudes who are going out there and shooting three, four over, and they just absolutely torpedo your lineup. So um, if you can avoid the 6k range, I think you're, 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 you know, giving yourself an edge that way. And if you just want to build with nothing but nine and $8,000 guys, then that's a good start. So I, I'm looking at Flava Flavin here. Uh, he's 50 to one to win Patrick Flavin, but he's only 7,500 bucks. That seems like a, you know, at least just by odds value alone versus the price that could turn out to be okay. Triplet's a bit more expensive. He comes in at 50, but like Andrew Funk, is like 7100 bucks he's 80 to one and he like he's the same odds to win this event as colt nost and i don't know what to make of colt nost because i thought he retired but apparently he's playing in this tournament yeah colt nost like has a podcast now so he's definitely retired (laughs) um i would avoid him but there are like this is where like there's some some big pricing discrepancies calkins is like 28 to one but he's 7800 and then brady schnell who just called out vj singh is 100 to one and he's 7600 so I'm not sure where what odds they pulled to get the pricing, but there is some large discrepancies. If you compare the two, you'll you'll be able to find some value, and those are some names that stuck out to me. Um, yeah, Calkin should probably be around 8,500. Uh, he won it last year. I've heard he plays this course quite frequently, so that should help. Yeah, and normally when we talk about like the home course guys, I think the big example is always Ryan Palmer at Colonial. That's his home course. I know Webb Simpson's played well at Quail Hollow, which is his home course as well, but he's also had some disastrous outings. Is that when it's a PGA setup, it's different than how you normally play it? I can't really imagine that this is going to be too much different than going out on the weekend and playing. Yeah, they just put down different outlaw tour T markers and away they go from the tips. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be juiced up. There's not going to be longer rough or tighter greens or anything. It's just going to be like last week they had public play behind them. So they couldn't they couldn't <laughs> play 18. The, the playoff couldn't go back to 18 because there was a group behind them. So just kind of gives you a lay of the land of, you know, what this outlaw tour is all about. Uh, one guy that I actually used last week and it was just for name purposes only. And now he's 6,700 bucks. And it's my guy. Khan. He wasn't bad. Uh, he's 275 to one to win. Probably not going to win, but if if there's one guy to go to below $7,000, I think that's going to be my guy. I truthfully, I've never, yeah, I wasn't tracking him last week. There are some guys down here that I recognize who went low last week. Um, Neil Johnson thought shot seven under to close last week and um i was talking to a guy on the field who, who knows some guys who are you know trending in the right direction or like have some name value at least on these mini tours and neil johnson was one that came up um and samuel saunders the fake sam saunders of the pga tour is another guy that um he was 150 to one last week and kind of got some some buzz and now he's 200 to one and 6900 um I'm one of the value guys that I've got circled. So the only like other guys I can kind of bring up is Ryan Dillon. He's 44 years old, but he's played in this event the past three years and never finished worse than 16th, but he hasn't been playing at all, at least on the outlaw tour, but he's way down in the pricing. Just trying to find some other guys who've been playing yet have played this tournament before. Let's see. Yeah. Con was 17th last week. Neil Johnson was 10th last week, like you mentioned. Uh, let's see here. Hans Reimers uh, was 16th at this event two years ago. He was 7th last week. That's not bad, right? Yeah, Reimers actually had a 
a decent uh, final round last week. I believe he was in the winning lineup that took down the 20K. So it, when you have guys like that, people will recognize their name and they will be more drawn to them. Um, someone who's garnered a lot of ownership over the last few weeks, mainly because I think he was leading the tournament when Outlaw DK became a thing, is Kyle Slattery. Um, he's kind of hit or miss, but he should he should garner some ownership. Um, and there's probably a lot of options down here that you can pivot to. Um, Eric Ash, I think, won this two years ago. Um, again, someone who hasn't been playing, but anytime you can have a former winner who's you know 100 150 to one, that's not a bad spot. No, that that's really not horrible at all. Dan Hudson's another one. He hasn't finished outside the top 20 in any of his four. Uh, outlaw tour events so far he's seventy one hundred dollars that if, if you're just looking for guys at the very bottom end because you do want to take damer you do want to take streelman like i can envision myself trying to play a lineup with like five guys above eight thousand dollars but not above ten thousand dollars and just dropping down maybe even playing three lineups and just picking off one of these guys each to see if i can make it work yeah that's if you if you recognize a name from weeks past and they're you know they're around the seven thousand dollar mark they're probably decent um if they've had a top finish um there are a lot of names in here that have just kind of came out of nowhere and it would take some research to go figure out who they are they could be rusty you really you really don't know um one of the names that was tipped off to me last week again by a guy in the field it really helps if you're talking to guys in the field they're very open to giving you information or telling you how how guys are playing or people they they think are going to do uh do well um it's this cannon guy i i, I think his name brady cannon um he came top five last week i believe he's finished in the top five or top 10 at this event before uh if it wasn't for one he made like a quad a triple bogey on number nine last week he was in the final group uh kind of kind of plummeted there but blake cannon is a guy to have a have an eye for yeah and he's only seventy three hundred dollars too so he's another one of these guys that you can throw in the back end of your lineup or if you have to double down with like him and neil johnson him and rhymers him and saunders like you pair those two guys together you can essentially afford anyone else that you want in the showdown contest yeah and you mentioned triplet earlier um it's kirk triplet uh the former pga tour pro who's like 50 to one but then his his son Sam Triplett, who I believe is a lot better golfer, is like a hundred to one. So uh, don't get your triplets mixed up. No, and just just for reference, Sam Triplett is eighty two hundred dollars for round one showdown. Kirk Triplett is seventy nine hundred. Didn't Kirk Triplett like make the cut at the three M Open last year? Is that my am I thinking of somewhere? Maybe that was Tom Lehman. I, I can't even remember now. Some old dude uh, from Minas- know, but- from Minnesota actually like made the cut at the three M. Tom Lehman, that's the another name that you hear see in these uh these outlaw tour fields. So maybe there's something with the the three M open and and outlaw tour golf. I have no idea. But yeah, the triplet brothers or the and the and their dad, it's a it's a whole trio of triplets. So for me, bets down that I have JJ Spawn with the each way. I'm going to go with, I already played Nate Lashley at 33. You say he's at 18. I see him at 20. I play him at 18 or 20. I think those are the two guys I'm just going to roll with this week. I don't mind those at all. Um, again, you, I, wanna, I want to try and hit a long shot. It's probably not going to happen. I've put a little sprinkle down on uh, Neil Johnson at 150 and Samuel Saunders at 200. Again, those are probably longer shots than their numbers are but uh you know something to keep an eye on um but for me i am um, i took this guy named kevin lucas who finished 
think it was top five two weeks ago. He's, he was at 66 and now he's 33. So something happened there where uh, I guess Jeff Ulrich was the first guy to spot him. So Kevin Lucas is actually the only, you know, sub 50 bet I have down right now. All right. So if you are going with Neil Johnson, I just found him at 225 to one. So I'll play him with a top five as well for one fourth the price. I mean, he shot seven under to close last week. So he's got some kind of game there and playing pretty decent, I guess. Let's see. Yeah. Lucas, $8,600 on DraftKings. So DraftKings wasn't fooled. A lot of the books weren't fooled, but apparently, you know, when he opened at certain places, he was just way down the list. Yeah. Like again, the, Folks don't really know who these guys are. DraftKings, I'm sure, is trying to figure it out as well. So, um, yeah, you get some some odd pricing and some very uh, high extreme waves in, in ownership as well. So, like, what, I mean, Carson well, Carson Roberts is there's no one's going to play him at 9,500. Like, what what have you noticed from the winning lineups and the lineups that do well? Is there anything that stands out from them, like the way that they're built or? they avoid all like the super chalky guys. Cause like last week, was it Carson Roberts? who was like $7,000 uh, for round one. And it just didn't correlate with his odds whatsoever. Yeah. And he was in the, some of the higher contests. I think he was pushing like 80% owned. So they are, you know, as with most contests, the, the ownership is going to be very concentrated on like the quote unquote sharp plays. But um, I mean, it's weird as the week goes on, I've noticed that this, so round one, you'll see all of the names that are popular that from previous weeks will have high ownership. So if you can go to a guy that maybe like Tyler, Tyler Montgomery is a good case. Um, I think he's going to be low owned, but uh, no one's ever seen his name yet, but has probably the same pedigree as the guys around him and has an equal chance of shooting low. But once he goes out and shoots six, five, six under, he's going to be the, the swing and ownership is going to be so drastic that he'll be a fade come round two. So it just, it's kind of picking your spots and where you, you know, where you believe the ownership's going to go just based on names from weeks past. And then people react really, really quickly to what they've done yesterday. So just as the week goes on um, yeah, you just kind of got to remember who you liked before the week and they'll probably pan out come, come, I guess the final round. <laughs> All right, well, there's more going on in golf right now. What I wanted to bring up to you was the UFC card had a guy test positive for COVID-19, and they just took his fight off of the card, and they're still going forward with it as planned. Do you think there's a good thing for golf that now there's like a precedent set that, hey, someone tested positive, the event wasn't canceled, and where you know golf is going to be like open air, that maybe golf can figure out a way to – where UFC is kind of the test case for all of this, that if someone tests positive for Colonial, like the day before, that they're not going to cancel Colonial, just remove the guy from the field? Brendan Todd actually came out in a recent interview. I guess he did, you know, some kind of media day. Um, he said that's actually the plan going forward, is they're going to have multiple tests throughout the week, one at home, one once you arrive, and then one, you know, midweek, say Friday. And if you do test positive, you're in quarantine. Um, and then, and the show is going to keep going on, which I personally, I find weird. Um, I can't see a scenario, you know, where Rory McIlroy tests positive and the con- tournament continues. That just kind of doesn't sound right to me, but I guess that's the, that's the plan they see fit and that's what they're going to move ahead with. Um, and I think the NBA is actually doing the same thing. So maybe that's what medical experts have told these leagues is that that's what they can do. They can test and 
if you keep testing frequently, you won't have an outbreak. So if we think about some of the stuff that's coming up, I'm going to get to the Fowler and Wolf and Dustin and Rory matchup that's coming up on Sunday. But I know a lot of people are going to watch this on Monday or even after that starts. That might not be him. So we'll save that for last. Tiger and Phil, this thing that's going on in these skins contests or these matchup contests, you just if you're going to bet it, you just bet the underdog, don't you? Yeah, I think you bet. I think that's Mickelson proved that to us in the match, the first match. Um, although Mickelson Brady, that just sounds like they're going to be playing alternate shot, which sounds like a disaster on the back nine. Um, I think Peyton's a better golfer to begin with than, than Tom Brady is. So, I, but I just, it's more of an avoid situation for me. Uh, I'm not going to be laying down a couple hundred on a little hit and giggle between four superstars. So it's, I, I would, if we're going to bet the underdog in any of these matches, it would be Wolf Fowler um, this week as opposed to two weeks yes. in, in Mickelson. So that starts at 2 p.m. Sunday. Uh, so if you're watching after that, sorry you missed out. I think I'm going to lay down like Fowler and Wolf versus DJ and Rory. Like just hearing that on paper sounds so horrific that of course DJ and Rory are going to win. But it's a skins game. It's a pairs competition. And you're getting plus 175 for two guys who are really, really good in a situation where maybe Rory and DJ don't really care. Yeah, I, don't, I can't really see you know DJ showing up super focused uh you know super he probably hasn't been working on his game much um and i think you know rory will probably want to win but i can't really see dj stressing too too much about it uh whereas wolf wolf will have something to prove and i think him and him and fowler will have some good chemistry but um it's exciting to have some live golf to look forward to. Yeah, well, I'm excited for like that's one of the things to look at. It was like Phil versus Tiger in the match, and we ended up betting on Phil for that only because it felt like Phil actually had something to play for. Like, oh, I don't want to get blown out by Tiger. And then with Tiger, he's like, yeah, I'm just doing this for money. I don't really care. When it comes down to this, like, Wolf is the only one of these four guys that feels like he needs to take it seriously. Maybe he doesn't take it seriously because it's not serious. But out of the four of them, it does feel like he would be the one to do it, doesn't it? Yeah, Wolf, you know, people are, are like, they were wondering why Wolf was even in this. Um, obviously, the PGA Tour wants to promote him. TaylorMade wants to promote him. Um, so he he probably is thinking he has to go prove himself a little bit with, with some of the biggest names in golf. So I think that's a little added motivation in a, in a, in a competition that will have next to no competitiveness in it. So I, I think, I just think him and Fowler just kind of will, will mesh better together and, and figure it out. But yeah, I just, I can see DJ just screwing around and not really taking it seriously. So. Do you, do you think that we get any more of these exhibition skins games? Cause we know like Fowler and Justin Thomas have been playing together, but it hasn't been like a something you can bet on competition. They're not airing it, anything like that. And do you think that the Outlaw Tour, with their success in streaming a lot of these groups via Periscope, that we might get some better coverage of some of the stuff? Yeah, I mean, I like these little hit and giggle things. They're something to. There's something different. There's something new, especially in this time. Um, I could see a, maybe a couple more before uh colonial starts up uh that might be a little wishful thinking we probably would have already heard of it by now but um i i, I think outlaw tour is kind of showing that there is a need or a you know a thirst for golf even if it isn't pga tour um these DraftKings contests are pretty large uh 
people are tuning in. I think they had posted 200 viewers on a, you know, whatever Wednesday afternoon watching a blurry feed <laughs> of two guys they never heard before. So it's, people are paying attention to it. Um, something to, you know, get a little action on. I think it's going to be well received this, these two matches that are coming up are definitely getting way more kind of positive publicity as opposed to the tiger field match from, from 2018. Yeah. Well, I guess with nothing going on, you kind of have to do that, but just looking at the DraftKings lobby right now for the outlaw tour first round contest, there's contests that have $20,000, dollars, $200,000, $100,000, $40,000, $20,000, $15,000. And all these contests are filling like, I, I mean, I can put in any of as many notes as I want. DraftKings doesn't really listen to me. But do you think you could run a millionaire maker for Colonial? $20 millionaire maker, and it would fill? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, if you think about the field, like Brooks has already said he's in. I'm sure Justin Thomas and Rory are itching to go. So the field is going to resemble something of a major or, you know, a memorial or one of the bigger tournaments on the schedule. And I think, yeah, a millionaire maker is definitely – something a possibility that I, I think they'd have no issue filling um people are playing like nfl sims i haven't really looked into all of these crazy other sports that people are playing but um i think any kind of live golf with rory brooks dj i'm sure will have no issue filling you know tiger won't be there but all the other guys will yeah when do you think the first time that we see tiger in a pga event is gonna be do you think it's gonna be the pga championship if that goes what's the schedule is memorials one of the first few back I, I think memorial is like the third event or fourth event and i think that'll be the one tiger shows up to and then uh, it, it would be like memorial then pga championship i'm just looking at yeah. the schedule right now let's see it goes colonial then uh what's the travelers 3m or the rocket mortgage sorry all right yeah so here we at colonial heritage travelers rocket mortgage john deere memorial so that'd be the sixth one back i just yeah i can't really see tiger showing up to heritage he might he might do the travelers but um i think memorial is probably the best bet for tiger's return it's a it's a long way to wait i mean five tournaments when all these guys are out playing and he's he'll probably be itching to get back too but we'll we'll see uh i actually think the heritage might draw some of the best fields of this return. Like maybe people go to Texas, play Colonial because it's the first tournament back. They're ready to go. But I would think like locally, you have all these guys who live in Arizona or California or Texas. They'll probably play in Colonial. But the vast majority of the golfers live in Florida. And you know, Charleston's not that far away in terms of travel. But like having to go to Connecticut or Illinois for the John Deere or Detroit for the Rocket Mortgage. Like that seems probably less feasible than just you know getting in your car and driving or just taking a 30 minute helicopter ride and getting up to where you need to go i it feels like harbor town might actually draw which is great because it's my favorite tournament of the year i hope it gets a great field because it's an awesome course and a great venue that maybe that's one where we see a lot of the top names especially the ones from the east coast it's i'm very very interested to see how these guys you know plan their schedule their travel Obviously, the top guys will probably travel private, but um, I talked to Michael Gligic and he said he was talking to a guy who's planning a schedule based on only driving. So wherever he can drive to and get to, that's the schedule he's going to play. 
Um, well, that would make just, uh, that would make the most sense then that Pete, like you, you might see a cluster of all the same people playing Rocket Mortgage, John Deere Memorial, and then the 3M because you're basically in like Central North and you're not you can drive to all those events no problem. Yeah, I, I just this whole travel thing is blowing my mind. I just can't really fathom piling a bunch of pr- tour pros into planes right now and and flying them around the country, but. I mean, that's, that's really not my issue to, to <laughs> tackle, but um, I, I, someone brought this up yesterday to me on Twitter. It's, you know, these, these big events, people aren't going to want to miss them. And if they do test positive by, you know, the week before, they're going to have to be, they're going to have to sit out two weeks. So maybe they try, they just, you know, plan their schedule every two weeks. So they know that, you know, if perhaps they do test positive, that they won't miss any of the big events that they've got planned. Like the Houston Open. If these if these rules are still in effect come you know November, no one's going to play the Houston Open in fear of getting coronavirus, and then they can't play the Masters. So it's just like some of those scheduling decisions are going to have to be made. That's really I had not even considered that. So that means the Safeway Open is basically off the. I mean that was off the schedule for most people anyway. But with the U.S. Open being the week after, like that's just going to be a no go for anyone, isn't it? I think it's the Safeway's right after the Tour Championship as well. So yeah, that's the Safeway Open is going to be just a collection of you know outlaw tour guys. And, and like I would even think that unless you need to qualify for the Tour, like anyone who has qualified for the Tour Championship after the Northern Trust, basically the top ten guys in the field who can't be bumped in terms of FedEx Cup points, like why would you even play the BMW Championship when you know that there's ten mil or what is it, seventeen million dollars on the line? at the tour championship why would you even risk it yeah that's these are the the bridges we're gonna have to cross in like this new coronavirus pga tour it's gonna be very interesting to see how guys deal with things how they're traveling where they're staying i heard that they want to you know pack them into one hotel um, which is probably the best idea but you know some guys aren't really used to living like that um yeah it'll be it's 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 kind of exciting. I really hope that it does start in June and uh, we can kind of see how this is all going to play out. All right. Eric Patterson, what you got on the go over at the score? Uh, any any new fun articles coming out? Uh, I've been doing a countdown series. Uh, I think there's 32 days until the PGA Tour starts and, you know, just kind of rhyming off random facts, people, little looks at history that's related to the number um, of days left. But yeah, not... Uh, just trying to stay up with the news, um, some stuff coming out this week, kind of previewing the the big tailor-made match. So, um, yeah, just it's nice to have something to some real golf to talk about instead of just kind of look back feature articles all the time. All right. You can follow Eric on Twitter at epatgolf. And once again, to recap, I'm going Lashley. I'm going Spawn. And EP talked me into Neil Johnson, 225 to 1 with the top five each way. Maybe even throw a top 10 on that. Maybe a first-round leader on that, too, just to spice up the action a bit. If you're wondering about the Outlaw Tour, it starts Thursday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time or 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Like the uh, situation with a lot of this stuff, it's fluid, uh, but it will start on Tuesday morning at some point. So you have till then to get your lineups in and fill those contests. Maybe we'll get even bigger ones for round two and round three. Anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. Remember to retweet the show or share it on Facebook or do whatever. Share it on social for a chance to get into a draw to get an Outlaw Tour hoodie. I mean, they're going to be, it's going to be weird to look back on this because if the Outlaw Tour becomes like a thing, you'll have one of the original hoodies that goes along. So that'd be pretty cool. I want to get my hands on one. But anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. Good luck this week. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.
Yes. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.